how the heck can I get a mortgage for my cabin at the lake? Ian Leverington with RFA Bank joins us this week to tell you how to get a mortgage for your dream property. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast, where we chat with real estate experts from across the province to learn what's happening in the real estate market. Here's your host, Ron Caroni. Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. And today, very happy to have Ian Leverington on the line with RFA. And Ian, we're talking about, uh, I think, Saskatchewan's favorite topic today. That's the lake property and second home. So Ian, first off, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ron. I'm uh, happy to join you and uh, yeah, talk about, uh, yeah, kind of a fun topic. I was actually just having a chat with my uh, brother uh, who's living in Germany right now uh, about pretty much the same subject he was talking about, you know, buying us, you know, second property and investment properties. And I was like, well, why don't you guys get, you know, like you're living in Europe, get yourself a vacation property <laughs> and then we can come use it when we stay there. And I'm like, you know, everybody seems to do the same thing in Saskatchewan. Like you're saying, everybody wants, you know, there's a, a ton of lakes here. Everybody wants to have that uh, that lakefront property if possible. I don't have one yet, but that's a that's definitely a goal for myself as well. The the picturesque Saskatchewan summer. Before we get into second homes, Ian, let's hear a little bit about you. How long have you been in the the lending business, and and how did you find yourself in the uh, the, the position that you find yourself now? For sure. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, based out of uh, Regina. Um, I work for RFA Mortgage Corporation. Uh, I work for RFA, which was, or I guess I'll say uh, formally Street is, is where I started uh, before RFA bought them. Uh, so I started with Street in uh, 2018. And before that, I was actually a mortgage broker myself for a number of years. Um, I think I got my license in 2013 or 2014, something like that. So I've been in the industry, um, I guess, seven or eight years now. I'm uh, doing the math correctly and, and enjoying it for sure. It's, uh, it's definitely a, an interesting, you know, kind of line of work and in industry. Uh, things are always changing, really trying to keep tabs on all the rules and qualification guidelines keeps a person on their, on their toes for sure. No matter whether you're on the lender side or, or the broker side, I guess. Yeah, it is kind of a beast in itself that there's lots of policies that are always updated, new promos, new things to, to be happening. And it seems like, you know, every every week and month, there's something new to learn about the industry. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's always you got to you got to stay on top of the news and, um, you know, the updates coming from the insurers or OSFI or, or whoever it is to make sure that you're you're in the know of what's what's happening now and what's coming up. You know, we just had these you know, qualifying rule changes, uh, you know, it's just starting June 1st here. So, you know, it seems to be a regular thing in the industry now. 5.25%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ian. So let's expand <laughs> on the notion of having a second home. And uh, it, it might sound weird to someone like, what is a second home property? For sure. So, you know, there's, yeah, e each person might look at that a little differently. Um, you know, when you ask, you know, uh, when you ask what is a second home to you, I guess, you know, someone might think uh, of a second home being uh, a per, you know, a property that they have purchased uh, that's going to primarily be occupied by, you know, immediate family member of theirs or, or family in general. Um, you know, or the next person you ask, they might think of that as being, um, 
you know, a property that they're, you know, they, they live, you know, maybe an hour or two hours outside of the city. Maybe they live in a, in a nice lakefront property year round. Um, but, you know, they, they work in, in the city, they work downtown, and they're just trying to avoid a commute. So maybe they're, they own a condo or something like that in the city. Uh, and they live there, you know, during the, during the work week. And, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, they, they, they live at home and they live in the uh, lakefront property uh, during the weekends or, or vice versa. You know, they live in the city and then maybe they've got a, a vacation home somewhere that, that they travel to and they spend, uh, you know, some time there. So there's, there's different combinations of that. Um, you know, I think these days people are certainly spending a lot more time uh, or I could say a lot less time commuting <laughs> as uh, a lot of us with the office jobs might be, you know, working from home or working from that, uh, that, you know, cottage property uh, a lot more often than what we used to. Right. And so there are those folks now where we're at a weird time with COVID where more people are working from home. And we also might be saving a lot more money if we're not going on vacations, we're not really going outside of, we'd say our, our geographical region. And maybe we're looking to spend some more time here in Saskatchewan during the summer. And But someone's looking out there and they're wondering, how hard is it to finance one of these properties? Is it just as simple as getting into your primary residence? Um, so it's a good question. In, in a lot of cases, um, you know, financing a, a second home or a vacation property, uh, a lot of the guidelines that a prospective borrower would need to meet uh, are, are very similar, in fact. Um, you know, you can buy a second home uh, or vacation property with as little as 5% down, uh, pending that, you know, you're able to meet the minimum qualifying guidelines, um, you know, set, set in place by the regulators, so the insurers, you know, uh, if it's a high ratio mortgage like that, and of course, by your individual lender. RFA, you know, is going to have different, you know, minimum guidelines than the next. Um, you know, as far as, um, you know, qualifying goes, you know, there are a lot of general guidelines, like I said, that are the same, but uh, there are other guidelines that uh, might be a little more specific in terms of maybe property location or something like that. Wonderful. So when we're talking about specifically here in Saskatchewan, a lot of second home properties would be cabins and cottages. Now, sometimes it can be tough with a cabin and cottage because there are certain things that are involved with those properties that make them uninsurable or, or they have to have certain stipulations. Can we talk about some of the things that would make a property uh, the, the, I, the side that we could lend on and the side we could not lend on? Does that make sense, Ian? Um, so the difference between you know what's what we can't like a, a cottage for or like well, property well, that we can that we can provide financing on is something that someone somebody would not. Or, which or, properties would we be able to get them a mortgage for, and we wouldn't? And what comes to sure. my mind is that you know you might have the property with no insulation, no running water, and it's five hundred square feet. Yeah, so that's that's a good question. That was kind of what I was alluding to. I didn't want to jump too far ahead, and, you know, on, on questions or some of those details. Um, but yeah, it's a good question because that's, I think from what I tend to see that that's the, um, usually the sticking points. So in general, um, you know, one of the first things, if it, if you are mentioning that it's a second property or lakefront or something like that, you know, we, you need to be, um, you know, as a, as a buyer, uh, when you're searching for these properties, you need to be aware of, um, you know, where is it located? Uh, and, and certainly if it's, 
As a lender, we will look at you know the guidelines a little bit differently. If it's a high ratio insured type of mortgage that you, you're requiring, or if um, you know you're putting at least 20% down, or for some reason it's an uninsurable mortgage, um, then we might be a little bit tighter or, or a little you know looking um, for a little more detail as far as just the lending location. Um, but uh, as far as what we will and won't lend on. Um, you know, I guess another question or, or another thing to look out for is, is it, uh, you know, a four season property as we call it. So that means it needs to be accessible uh, by a road as well. Um, you know, it, yeah, it needs to be insulated properly. There needs to be, uh, you know, some kind of a, you know, a standard heating source, um, all your utilities and services, I guess. So a standard heating source, a standard uh, uh, source for water, uh, you know, sewer system or, or sewer hookup, uh, like a septic tank might be acceptable. You know, a standard property that person might be buying is, uh, you know, it has municipal hookups for their, their water and sewer access, um, where, you know, lakefront properties are not always the case. Often we see some, you know, we can see some fairly unique types of setups. So, you know, that's, a, I think, a question that uh, you want to discuss with, uh, with your mortgage broker, right, like yourself. You know, if, if uh, someone's looking at that type of a property, um, same thing with your heat and electrical sources. Um, you know, there's there's some things that uh, are acceptable to us as a lender and, uh, you know, other systems. Um, you know, there's a lot of people looking to do like an off the grid setup these days. Right. Uh, solar panels uh, and solar systems are, are uh, uh, you know, all the all the uh, craze these days, maybe. So um, anyway, so that type of a system. We may not have, you know, uh, you know, lending options for, um, but at the end of the day, I think the best way to go about it, because there can be so many different, you know, unique criteria on, on a property like that versus, you know, any property you might find in Saskatoon or Regina, for example, oftentimes they're going to have, you know, relatively standard uh, setups for the utilities. Uh, but as soon as you get more rural like that or something on the lake, um, then it's going to be a bit more unique. And I think the best way to approach that is talk to a, a mortgage professional, uh, talk to a mortgage broker, you know, discuss the types of properties you're looking at. And I think someone like yourself, you know, you're, you're, you know, you understand these details better than the average person might. And you could probably uh, help guide them in the right direction. So they don't fall in love with the property that they can't get any financing on maybe. So much in the same way that uh, I, I think maybe as rental properties can sometimes fall under different guidelines and how, different lenders will handle those different offsets and add backs and the rental income much. And in, maybe it's in the same way with these cabin properties that it's a good idea maybe to, before you go ahead and put a, an offer in with no condition of financing to, to just have a little conversation about what you're looking to buy and kind of go over some of that stuff ahead of time. Yeah, I agree. And that's, um, you bring up another good point because just like I kind of alluded to the conversation I was having with my brother this morning um, about, you know, investment properties and a vacation property. And sometimes those, you know, people are, are thinking about those the same way. And, um, you know, I, I believe that, uh, you know, someone who's a prospective buyer, you know, especially if you're not from the industry, you know, you're not thinking about things in advance the same way that, you know, you or I might if we're mortgage professionals. We know, okay, if you're buying something that's dedicated to be a, a rental property, it has to fit these guidelines. If it's a dedicated vacation property or second home, it, it needs to fit these guidelines, right? And um, so that's a good example. So if, 
if the purpose of that that property is that it's going to be a rental, you know, um, a vacation rental, uh, there's different ways that we'll look at that. So if it's a, a rental property as a long-term rental, you know, we may be able to consider that, um, but down payment requirement automatically goes up to at least 20%. Um, if it's a vacation rental um, where it's, you know, short like the Airbnb thing, right? So we're looking to, uh, you know, do uh, nightly rentals or short-term rentals. Um, certainly that may be a great idea as, as an investor or financially. And, uh, uh, but as far as mortgage lending goes, you know, we may not be able to provide financing or, or as a, as a perspective borrower, you might have a difficult time getting financing for, for that type of uh, property. I know someone is out there kind of like banging the computer screen right now, Ian, saying like, well, why would that matter if it's a, an Airbnb or, it's, or if it's going to be my place? You know, why does that matter to the lender? Can you quickly touch on the, the different factors that go into those decisions to say that, you know, we're not going to lend on Airbnbs? Um, I think it's overall just a, it's a risk factor of the, you know, your, your income on that property. Um, so something that, you know, a typical type of rental property we would look at, uh, would be something where there's a long-term agreement in place. Um, you know, you, you've seen this before, I'm sure document requirements where we're going to look for a one-year lease, you know, um, knowing that, you know, that property, Especially if we are, you know, especially if we're lending and, and uh, you know, debt servicing that that uh, mortgage application based on income being derived from that property and from a tenant, you know, we want to see that there is um, stable income coming from that, right? Where, you know, not to say that somebody may not potentially be able to earn some stable income from a, a nightly or short-term rental. Uh, looking at that, though, is that, uh, you know, it's it's not a there's not a guarantee there, right? You're not doing a long-term agreement. Uh, so you're not being able to see, uh, we're not able to, to, to see as much of a comfort level in terms of regular income that, that we can try to qualify on or, or use that to try to debt service uh, that property. And it's and it, and it can be a seasonal factor as well, right? You know, we don't, uh, don't necessarily live somewhere where, you know, you can have uh, some properties may not always be fully, uh, fully seasonal in terms of not necessarily being able to use the property, but in terms of, um, you know, the, the peak seasons for, for being able to earn income from that. So there's just too many uh, variables and unknowns with something that's short-term or nightly rental versus something that, that is long-term. Before we wrap this up, Ian, is there anything else to add on second homes, cabins, cottages, before we move off to the, the last questions here? Um, again, I, I mean, it's... Uh, it's, it's one of those things where I think there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, rental versus uh, vacation property, or it's a vacation rental or, you know, lending location, the types of specific, uh, you know, plumbing systems you need to have or heating systems you need to have. It can be a lot um, for somebody to try to, to manage and think about all at the same time that you're excited thinking about, you know, fulfilling your dream of owning a, a lakefront cottage or something like that. Um, so I, I'm just, you know, a double down on that all the time on saying, talk to a mortgage professional, talk to a mortgage broker, um, get those details in advance and, uh, and have that conversation and, and, uh, you know, have somebody on your side that you can pick up the phone and say, Hey, we're about to, we're really wanting to put an offer in on this property. Can you look at these details for me and tell me if this is going to fit? You know, I know we had this conversation in advance, um, but I'm not sure about X, Y, and Z, um, 
you know, it's got a, a unique kind of uh, boiler system for heating or, or whatever, they can talk to a mortgage broker. You can get the idea, you know, you can explain whether, you know, it's likely to fit or not and, and give them that confidence, you know, before they write that offer. Wonderful. Ian, a question we've been asking everyone who comes on the podcast, and I'll throw it to you now. If you could go back to a young Ian and give yourself some advice, what would that advice be? Um, eat more vegetables, do your homework. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, if I could go back, uh, give myself some, some more advice. Uh, well, I think there's, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's a good question, right? Like, you know, there's, do I go back and talk to myself when I'm 10 or 20 or, <laughs> you know, there's, there's all kinds of good things you can do. But I think um, if I could go back, I would say, you know, save more money when you're young. Um, you know, you don't have as many responsibilities or things to pay for, when, you know, when, you know, at, at uh, 15 or 20 years old, everybody has those side jobs. I know I blew all the money I had when I was, I, I was younger, even if I saved a little bit of it, you know, that could help for education or travel. But the main thing is, is I'd probably just tell myself to, to spend more time traveling. Uh, again, you know, life can be pretty busy, uh, you know, when you get into a, a career, and uh, might not be as much time to do the kind of traveling you want. But I would probably go back, go out and like go backpacking or something through Europe. I don't know. People talk about that. It sounds to me, it sounds like it would be something amazing to do that I, I haven't done. And having a, a little one on the way and, and you know, a wife and a, and a mortgage and all that kind of stuff doesn't seem quite as realistic these days as what it maybe would have been. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the future. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe uh, when the kids are out of the house and, uh, you know, they got less responsibility. I can go out and uh, do all kinds of crazy things again, have a midlife crisis or something that like, like people talk about. When we see you driving around Regina in a red sports car, we'll know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that happens sooner than later. <laughs> awesome. Ian, thank you very much for joining us today and uh, spending time educating us on second homes, cabins, and cottages. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, Ron, thanks again for having me. I'm happy to, uh, happy to join the call and uh, happy to chat with you. As all always. the best. Okay. Have a good day. Thanks again to Ian for joining us on the program today. Really appreciated his knowledge. If you have any questions on second home properties, please message. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like and subscribe button. I'm Ron Caroni, your Saskatchewan mortgage professional. See you next time. This has been the Saskatchewan Real Estate Podcast. If you like this episode, find more information and episodes on our Facebook and YouTube pages. If you'd like to be a guest or have a conversation you'd like to learn more about, let us know by messaging the show on Facebook. Thanks for listening.